So Ethan's uh, starting to tell jokes now. Oh, sweet. Which is really adorable because he doesn't really know how to tell them, which is great. <laughs> like I, I teach him the joke and then he just like does it. So, so he does he does a knock knock joke. He actually is decent at that one now. But then I was trying to teach him more complicated ones. So I, we do uh, why did the bicycle fall over? Do you guys know this one? No. Do you know why? No. The, what? Uh, it was too tired. Oh <laughs> but, yeah, that's good. <laughs> But the way he does it, he thinks that you have to ask a question every time. So he does, why does the bicycle fall over? I go, I don't know why. He says, and then he pauses for a little bit. And then he goes, why was the bicycle too tired? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think it might be better. It's a better joke. (laughs) He's improved on a classic. Apparently. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Whee! I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. The train is off the tracks. <laughs> Who doesn't love the bounce castle? <laughs> Hitler. Just prepare to be a wash in unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 638. Coming to you from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the Dr. Jason Triplett. The show, we're going to try to figure out what the Pacers should do for the remainder of the season and discuss the the whole John ja Morant situation. Plus, we'll have a stat of the week and answer an undegoogleable. Joining me for all of this fun are two of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast, first from Asheville, North Carolina. He's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. It's John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? I got really excited because I was going to shout out uh, March Madness and um, St. Patrick's Day, and then I realized that's a week away. So um, this week's going to kind of be slow. Uh, enjoy it and drink up. Sure. You can shout out Daylight Savings. Oh, that happen this shout week? out Daylight Savings. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? I'll do what Colson said he was going to do, which is shout out Joe and dedicate this show to him. That's yeah. nice. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, just uh, sending good thoughts and health to uh, Joey and his family. And I want to shout out to, uh, I guess, what is the generation after millennials? It's like... Uh, Gen Z. Gen Z, is that yeah. Right? Zal- is that the Zalphas? It's like Gen Zalphas? Z and Alpha or something? Uh, I don't know if this is actually that, but I'm in the, our intro reminded me of this, where I'm reviewing grants and and people, uh, or these fellowship applications, will say, okay, I'm going to do this bi-weekly, and then I'm going to do this <laughs> bi-annually, and they mean the opposite things. Like in one case, they do mean every other week, yeah. bi-weekly, yeah. and in the other case, they mean semi-annually. But yeah. they, ugh. yeah, words have no meaning. Yeah, I mean, so they're not going to get funded. Yeah, I was going to say, are I mean, you giving grants I, to people who don't listen to our show because they would know if they listened to our show? <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I mean, this is how the cookie crumbles, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, before we start the show, I just want to remind oh, I'm, you guys... I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you real fast. If, if okay. somebody, uh, a potential uh, person listened to the show and like put some stuff in in their grant about uh, Pacers podcasting, they have a better shot, right? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, before we start the show, I just want to remind you guys, you can support us every time you shop at Amazon. It doesn't cost you any extra. Just follow the link 
in the show notes or go to theundebeatables.com slash Amazon. All right, boys. Pacers stand at 29 and 36 as we record this on a Sunday. Uh, just on the cusp of the play-in. Uh, and firmly in the land that our the the man our show is dedicated to Joey uh, does not want us to be uh, half a half a foot in the playoffs and a half a foot uh, in the lottery. Uh, what are you guys thinking? We've been having this conversation all season, I, I feel like, and we still don't know what the what our plan is. Uh, Colson, where's where's your head at? Well, it doesn't really matter what our plan is anymore. Um, so, uh, as we talked about in the, uh, uh, the last, bother. <laughs> no, no, no. As we talked about in the last show, the Wizards picked up, uh, the Australian MVP. Um, and, uh, also their schedule is absolutely cake. Um, and there's no way they don't win more games than us going down the stretch. Uh, they are firmly at least in the 10 seed, maybe can move up. The Raptors. Have you met the Washington Wizards? <laughs> can I introduce you to this franchise? Yeah. I'm telling you, they're telling you the schedule is, it's got to be the easiest for the rest of the year. Um, dead up, dead in the middle. They're 16th in the strength of schedule remaining. Oh man. I was, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to read it real fast and, and you guys are going to tell me that. So they play the Pistons, the Hawks, the Hawks, Wait. the Pistons, Wait. the Cavs, the Kings, the Magic, Nuggets, Spurs, Raptors, Celtics, Magic, uh, Knicks, Bucks, Hawks again, uh, Heat, and Rockets. Like, I mean, they've got to fall into half of those wins, right? I mean, geez, that's just easy as pie. Um, and then the, 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 the Raptors uh, have been reinvigorated since uh, the trade deadline. They've got... Uh, uh, they have themselves a center in Yaka Pertle, and uh, they're they're uh, seven and three in their last ten. They're on the upward trajectory. The Hawks, uh, as much as I don't trust them at all, uh, they have a new coach and have a little bit of new coach bump. I just think it's going to be real hard to pass those those teams um, because we're you know we're two games back from the Wizards right now, three from the Raptors and. Three and a half from the Hawks. Now it's doable if we go on a hot streak. I think what's more interesting is to look at what's happening below us, which is we're tied with the Bulls uh, for the 11th, 12th seed. We, we, we're currently in the 11th seed because we have the tiebreaker. Um, we're only two games above the Magic. Uh, and then if you want to drop, you cannot catch the Hornets or the Pistons because they're absolutely terrible. Uh, but when you're talking about the lottery, you got to think about the other side of the conference as well. Rockets and Spurs are terrible and uncatchable if you want to drop. But the Thunder are uh, ahead of us only by a game at 29 and 34. Blazers by a game and a half at 30 and 34. And the Lakers by two games, 31 and 34. And the Pelicans and Jazz <laughs> are, both are both 31 and 33. If we catch fire and start winning games let's say even half of our games and other teams start tanking we can put ourselves basically still in that 11 seed and not get in that play-in tournament and be at the you know the worst lottery position you could be in so that's i think that's joey's fear this whole season and it's looking very probable at this point well Perhaps. I mean, I think that, yeah, I mean, the the probability that these other teams tank is, is kind of not as high as you'd think, right? I feel like the Jazz are going to go for it, right? You feel like the Lakers Pelis, are going to go for it? Pellies are definitely going to go for it. Right? For it. Lakers are going to go for it. They Blazers are, are going to go for it. Dame, Dame Lillard can't not go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And his like, franchise. His, yeah. his DNA. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like we're in a prime opportunity to just sit Halliburton down for a two-week stretch and, you know, just see where the chips fall, you know? Well, I mean, the thing is, if you if Halliburton sits, we are a terrible team, and um, 
that could put us as as low as we can get is the fifth position, which is what we, which is yeah. what we were last year, yeah. uh, and got us the sixth pick and got ourselves a really nice got us the greatest pacer of all time. Uh, yeah, exactly, a really nice piece. Um, also, so if you're in the top four or the bottom four, um, you have uh, was well, is, is it three or four that you have equal odds? Four. Yeah. So. Um, that fifth spot changes your odds dramatically, but we can't tank hard enough to get to that that bottom four. Even if we don't win another game, we're going to be ahead of that. But um, you know, we do play a lot of bad teams. Even with Hall- out Halliburton, it, it, it's it's hard for me to see this team not winning. You know, another five to eight games, even trying not to try. So we're currently right. 21st in strength of schedule, um, where number one is the most difficult strength of schedule and 30 is the easiest. Okay. Um, so um, our remaining teams have an under 500 combined record at this point. Um, but that said, uh, we lost to the Spurs with some authority last week. So <laughs> Some authority. <laughs> I mean, I'm not worried about five day games. I mean, if if it were to if it were to happen tomorrow, I mean, essentially we would have the, um, what the seven twenty fifth, twenty eighth, thirty first, and fifty fifth picks in this draft. Okay, so um, that's a lot. That yeah. you could potentially get a really good haul. You could potentially trade up in those scenarios, and um, you know, you you may be in a position to just straight up get lucky, you know, with an 8.2% chance of drawing, you know, the number one ball. Um, yeah. And I'll correct myself, Colson, the, the odds were flattened for the top three, the bottom three, not four. So the, the bottom three have a 14% chance of the number one overall pick. And what's four? Like 12.5. Yeah. And five is like 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. 10.5. Yeah. Now, I mean, so and there is the, other, you know, I said there's no way we're going to catch the Hawks, the Raptors, and the Wizards. As you mentioned, uh, you know, the Wizards are a crapshoot at this point. Um, and I still think the Hawks are. Um, I If we went 10-7 and seven and won 39 games, there, you know, you could be in the play-in tournament. Um, and, uh, you know, in the, the 9 or 10 seed. Is that something we want to shoot for? At this point, I mean, do you know we want to get that play, that one game playoff seasoning? I mean, if if we got that hot, I would buy in. Okay. <laughs> I'd be on board. You know what I mean? Like thirty nine is not a horrible. I mean, ten record. and seven isn't that hard to do, right? You're just playing a little bit above five hundred. At that, I point. mean, it depends on who you are. Yeah, right. and if you're a team that plays below 500, then going well, 10 and seven is very right. Hard. But but I mean, the thing is, is that the reason we're below 500 is because we didn't have Halliburton for so long, right? We've seen right. that this team can compete against the you know you know we went toe to toe with uh, Boston just the other night, right? Like we've we've sure. had some very impressive wins this season. Um, when we look good, when Heald is hitting shots with with Miles Turner's you know new confidence and and a bunch of other guys. You know, playing scrappy. Um, you know, this team is capable of 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 being a playoff team. You know, and if we hadn't if, if we hadn't missed Halliburton for that stretch, I think we'd be right in that mix of the you know six, seven, eight seed. So, if he's healthy and this rolled ankle isn't anything, there's no reason why we couldn't do that. I'm just wondering whether we should. <laughs> I guess. Right. Yeah. And I mean. That's an interesting thing about the plan, right? If it were we needed to go 10 and 7 to get the 8th seed and get a 7 game series against the best team in the league, like I'd be more apt to say, yeah, let's do that because I have seen you know over the course of the history of the NBA that young teams that get that seasoning early on mature more quickly Agreed. and become you know competitive the following season, right? Um, with the play-in, right, like you said, it's a basically it's a one-game 
like coin flip almost you know what i mean as to whether or not you and, and in this case it's two coin flip games right as to whether or not you actually get that experience so i don't know it's 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 an impossible um math problem to solve right because there's so many unknowns and so many variables as to what we end up with yeah in the draft you know mm-hmm. so. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about it, to be honest. I mean, I think that Chicago, you know, sure, we beat them, but they actually, they look pretty good and they're healthy and they really, really yeah. need to make the, they can't not make the playoffs. A lot, I mean, Billy Donovan's done if they don't make the playoffs, right? I mean, that would yeah. just be, he should probably be done anyway. But the amount I mean, of investment they made in all these players yeah. and all the money they're spending and they yeah. And they're tied with us who is who are in like maybe tank mode. <laughs> like that's not exactly. that's not a We're place where full, they should full find rebuild. Themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and yeah. With seventeen Good games point. left to go. So I, I just I see them going up. I don't think that, you know, the the last, you know, twenty games for all these teams, you know, clawing for the playoffs are gonna get easier. Matherin, it seems like maybe his kind of hit you know, a little bit of a freshman wall, um, you know, Miles Turner's confidence, um, you know, I, I, I hope it stays right where it is, but one of those things with confidence is it does tend to ebb and flow a little bit. So he might not be the double, double machine in two weeks that he is today. Um, you know, and you know, a, a missed game from Halliburton is the same as an L as near as I can tell. Right. So I just, I, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about it. It's still concentrate first on development and kind of let these chips fall where they're going to fall. Um, well, I mean, you bring, you yeah. bring up a good point, Harper, because like the, the, the uh, factor that we haven't talked about is what's going on on the top half of the bracket, which is everybody is like very bunched up. So like essentially everybody's playing playoff basketball now to try to position themselves in the playoffs. Right. And so there's not going to be, you know, a team that's that's way out ahead that's going to start resting their guys down the stretch or mm-hmm. whatever. Everybody's in the sprint to to try to get a higher position and try to get home court advantage or whatever, Wait. or make it into the the play in playoff or whatever. Right. So, so right now the Bucks are a half game up on the Celtics, and they've just they when they what are they sixteen of their last seventeen or something stupid like that. Correct. Um, yeah. And. Uh, you know, they didn't have home court advantage in the playoffs last year and lost in game seven. So I think they want to have that home court against the Celtics. They're going to be playing their butts off. Um, the Knicks apparently don't lose anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But you wonder if that last game of the season uh, that we play them, whether they're going to be slotted in or whether they're still going to be fighting for position. Uh, but they're they're fighting for home court advantage right now. Um and we get to play them a couple times. They're not going to want to drop a, a game. The, the Cavs, the Sixers, the same thing. We're playing the Sixers twice and the Cavs once. Uh, they're fighting for the third seed. Um, so, yeah, the higher teams we play, I think it's going to be harder to win. But the teams below us are going to be trying hard to lose. So, um, again, I think it's going to be hard not to fall into five to eight wins. Yeah, although, I mean, I would say that those bottom three are, like, kind of guaranteed. Yeah, it doesn't matter for them. So, like, I think they're actually going to play hard because, yeah, yeah, they can't win enough games to lose their spot. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I mean, there's the the, the only – it's Detroit, San Antonio, and the Rockets max out at 16 wins. The next team is the Hornets with 20. So, you know, you get down to the last 10 games, and it's not like they're going to rip off a 10-game run. Like, (laughs) you can – I can guarantee that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not like they have the Australian MVP on their teams. So there's no way they could turn it on like that. Right, exactly. So yeah, I, they they may be motivated, but they, we, we might we might find them a little friskier than we did earlier in the season. Well, okay. The other thing that you uh, you said, Harper, that made me think is you know we're talking about player development, and that's you know it's been so key all season, and, and um, you've really seen strides from a lot of these guys that seemed like you know guys that might you know not even stick in the NBA, right? Like this, the knee Smiths and the you know the Waras and the you know. Uh, Jalen Smith and whatnot. These guys have had all their turns and, and, and played very well in stretches. Neemhart, our second, you know, our, our, our uh, late drown draft pick, uh, you know, looks like he belongs. We've been, 
you know, seeing a lot of guys uh, shine at different points in the season um, is is the best plan here to say, hey, look, uh, you know, we we really do care about uh, this this rolled ankle with Halliburton. Let's let these guys figure stuff out and uh, let the the rest of the season shake out as it's going to be. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I would take zero chances with Halliburton. If there was any swelling, if there was a visible bruise, if he stuttered, <laughs> I would sit him down. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, for what it's worth, I'm on tankathon.com. I just sent the lottery and uh, the Pacers won. So Yeah, baby. Women Yama coming our way. Alrighty. Uh, do, do we do we remember how long? Uh, what was the stretch? Was it was it seventeen games that that uh, Halliburton was out? No, it was like uh, eleven, more like eleven, okay. right? or something. And we won like two of those or something. We won none of those. None of those. Perfect. Okay. Well, um, that's how you get where we're at because you know we were. We or maybe it was the first 10 that he was out we lost, and then maybe we picked up a couple. Scrapped one out or something. Yeah. Because we did win that uh, Lakers game when, when it was Nimhard, right? As the starting point guard. Mm. Yeah. Good point. But that wasn't when mm-hmm. he was out for his long stretch. I think it was when Halliburton yeah. was like missing a game or two or something like that. Yep. So, shifting gears dramatically. Uh <laughs> So, uh, it, Pacers fans may be familiar with a guy named John Morant from a story that came out, um, this is what, three or four weeks ago, that after the uh, Pacers game, was it in Memphis? They were on the bus. Was it in Memphis? I thought it was at home. It was in Indy, yeah. It was yeah. in Indy? Yeah. They're on, somehow there was uh, an incident where a laser pointer, John Morant's boys were pointing a laser pointer at the Pacers team bus or something like that. Right. Yeah. No, that would be, bus. In, that's why be I in think Memphis. it was the road. Yeah. 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 You're right. Um, and, and so everyone was like, huh, that's weird. And John Morant may have been involved or at least was condoning this activity. He was, he was, it was, he was with the, his buddies when this happened or something. Yeah. He yeah. was in the car and, when it was happening. And everybody's like, John, what are you doing? I'm like, come on. Well, there was, ahead. Yeah, talk that the laser pointer was connected to a gun. But right. the league has well, been unable yeah. to confirm that. That's correct. Yeah. And since then, some 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 wild things have come out about Mr. Morant. Uh, the first is apparently last summer, was it last summer? He was playing pickup basketball. As one does as an NBA player, yeah, you know, just it's a, definitely definitely in your contract that that's okay. I'm sure. Of that. <laughs> yeah, and a juvenile, a 17 year old, apparently, either was playing too well or uh, <laughs> trash talking Morant too much, and uh, there was an incident where Morant punched him at least once, perhaps multiple, multiple times, times with a closed fist. Uh. And then at the time, uh, Durant or Morant claimed uh, self-defense, I guess. But since then, information has come out that makes it seem maybe like that wasn't the case. And then uh, John Morant has just recently been suspended for a minimum of two games after posting an Instagram Live video of him at the club with a shirt off brandishing a, a weapon. Fire, a firearm. Uh. So what what's going on? I thought I thought John Morant was like our our lovable young rising superstar that you know just loved to play ball and and yam on people. You also left out where he threatened the mall security guy. Oh, I didn't even know about this. Yeah, wow. so apparently his mom went to Foot Locker, which none of the all of this seems made up to me. Like, why is John Morant's <laughs> mom at a Foot Locker? Like, doesn't that dude have a shoe deal? <laughs> right she should be getting free shoes all the time this is what i'm saying and apparently she gets so spun up that she has to call ja to come 
straighten out the footlocker, guys? I don't understand what's happening. So he goes down there and mixes it up. They got to call the cops. And then and then he's like, well, we'll just figure out what time this dude gets off work. And so then he filed a police report because he's like, Ja's going to murder me. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's what Ja's been up to. Well, was this the Shaden Sharp, or not Shaden Sharp, Shannon Sharp thing? Wasn't that in Memphis with the Lakers? That was in L.A., Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and that was all. But it was Memphis the, it stuff. was Memphis, right? But yeah, it wasn't yeah. John Morant specifically. Um, I think we speculated before that um, you know this was uh, just a young team that didn't have um, you know enough veteran leaders. We we talked about Stephen Adams not being around or something, and suddenly they're starting to feel themselves and um, you know trying to be tougher than they 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 needed to uh, be. But it started to seem like maybe a slightly deeper issue that that. Uh, maybe John Morant uh, or his crew or the people he's surrounding himself with are, um, you know, they're crazy. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. no one's, no one's kind of protecting him from this stuff. Like how, how, how does he not have anybody in his life to be like, you shouldn't post this thing on Instagram, (laughs) you know, like what, like, are we, I, I I mean, yeah, that, that is a, a Generation Z situation, right? Like, I, I feel like uh, but, everybody but, but, does but, but, I mean, the thing is, like, is we, we dealt with this with the, you know, post-brawl pacers, right? right? Like, the, the guys were just making poor decisions over and over again. It's like, how do you not have a designated driver? How do you not have a security guy so you don't have to shoot up the strip club? Like, wh- how are these decisions being made? Yeah. And it Why seems did the like... Foot Locker guy get you so spun up that the police yeah. had to get involved? Exactly. Like, exactly. What's going on in your brain, man? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, yeah. and, 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 and what, you know, and when you are, you know, a person that is, you know, um, one of the faces of the league um, and um, has generational money now and is, uh, you know, everything to lose. Exactly. And nothing to gain by any of these interactions. Just absolutely nothing to gain by these interactions. Uh, it's just a bummer. It is a bummer. And it, it's in stark contrast, I think we've, we've been in a relatively nice period of, mm-hmm. with the NBA over the last decade, really I would say, um, where um, misconduct off the court hasn't been a thing really at all. Yeah. Brutal, right. Um, I'm sure I am totally forgetting blatant incident incidences, but um yeah, and so and now in this this past offseason, if you'll remember, we started the season uh, with two very interesting int- uh, incidents. The first was the guy in Charlotte, who I'm blanking his name right oh, now. Oh, uh, Mikkel, not Mikkel Bridges, but uh, it's something like that. Uh, Miles. It's the other Miles. Bridges. Miles, Miles Bridges. Bridges. Um, you know, has the domestic violence inc- right. incident. Lost himself uh, and then, in major contract, and, and potentially right, and then the Josh league. Primo has the situation where he exposes himself to the team psychologist like multiple times, and right. the team doesn't do anything about it and whatnot. Um, is this a sign of a shift in? Uh, I don't know, like sort of the decorum, I guess, of the the average NBA player like or is it you know it used to be David Stern would rule over the league with an iron fist and uh you know now Adam Silver is a much more gentle-handed leader and a player-friendly leader and yeah I don't I don't buy that because the thing is is a lot of the stuff like an old white guy well no yeah because a lot of most of that stuff that we're remembering happened under David Stern's watch like I don't think this is an Adam Silver issue right like I I love to tell this the the story about the old jailblazers when was it Stoudemire got pulled over with like two pounds of weed and uh they charged him with possession or no Mm -hmm. not they charged him with um intent to sell but uh he got the sentence reduced because he just said hey i'm rich and i buy in bulk i wasn't gonna sell this stuff anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. this is my personal stash <laughs> exactly um i don't have to sell weed i'm i'm a millionaire right so um and it's a legitimate argument but i mean you know that stuff was all under david stern's watch right um sure and so i'm not sure that this is 
Adam Silver's allowing this stuff to happen. Um, I think one thing is that LeBron has been sort of the face of the franchise for a long time, and you talk about a guy who just completely keeps his stuff together and, uh, you know, on the level and under wraps. And I think he's a guy that people look at. I think also after those 90s, early 2000s stuff, I think NBA teams brought in, you know, player personnel and had classes and work with people about managing money and how to manage your time and make sure they have drivers. And, you know, I mean, I, th- I think, I think some stuff has changed because of that whole era. And, you know, maybe it's just that these things are coming out at the same time and this isn't a, a new pattern. I'm hoping. I, I agree. I was just more playing devil's yeah, advocate. Yeah. But. I mean, I I think it's hard to not see a pattern in John Morant's behavior. Oh, I mean, for sure. I, I would argue that the biggest thing that changed the league, I, I would agree with you, Colson, that it, it, it really has been these teams and these organizations going doing everything they can, not only to make sure that they have people in their organization who aren't going to do what they can to embarrass them, um, but also really proactively helping guide these young players, you know, through the money part of it and, you know, through the growing up part of it so that shit like this doesn't happen. Because obviously this is bad, you know, for the league, but also, I mean, if somebody doesn't slow him down, John going to be in jail. Like he he not on a good path right now. This is not yeah. going well. There was a there was an article. Uh, it was in the USA Today, but I think it was written uh, by a local Memphis uh, beat reporter. But basically, he said this isn't. I mean, this is Jaw's fault, but this also falls on uh, the Memphis organization because they have not dealt with all of the things that have led up to this. You know, they've allowed him to be mm-hmm. a petulant child. They've allowed him to continue to hang out with the wrong group of people. They have not said anything. They've actually defended him on everything that's happened before this um, and made him feel like he wasn't in the wrong. And so he was blaming the the organization as much as as Morant. Uh, But these are ultimately decisions that Morant's making, (laughs) you know, Um, and he's making poor decisions. Well, of course, but that that is interesting. Um that i mean yeah people are people right and they're gonna their behavior is dictated by what the the rewards and consequences are to their actions right and so uh yeah if an if an organization is not investing uh the resources and time and energy to you know help their players (laughs) excel off the court then that's going to lead to problems well yeah i think the the argument was that they've been coddling him you know even more so yeah. yeah so even worse right yeah so at this point the team has officially yanked him for the two games that was done again by the team not by the league though i'm sure the league will want to have a look at this so they might have suggested it. <laughs> you don't, don't think so? No. I mean, I think the league will just do what the league does. But if the, if the you know, if the suspension imposed by the team seems appropriate, then they won't take further action. Right. For sure. Right. For sure. They'll say, okay, you've served your time. Now, Taylor Jenkins, coach of the Grizzlies, had to come out today and said there's no timetable for his return. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of deliverables you ask of a guy in a situation like this, but... Uh, you know, certainly it's time to start in on some therapy and some other stuff and, uh, you know, kind of see where that gets you a little time off. Uh, maybe what is needed there, um, probably not what is needed for the Memphis Grizzlies, um, who sit a game and a half in front of the Kings for some reason in the, in the, in the second seed in the West and, uh, three and a half games ahead of the Suns, but not for long. Uh, yeah. Because the uh, Kings and the Suns are coming Durant for that just spot. Returned. Yeah. Yeah, the Su- yeah, the Suns don't lose anymore. They're done. They're done with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not an ideal time in this uh, playoff push, uh, for sure. Um, to uh, Morant's, uh, he he posted, you know, something about how he's going to take time. He apologized to everyone and how it hurt the organization and his family and all that. But he's going to take some time to um, work on himself. So. Hopefully that time is taken and it's not just a. Um, 
Yeah, and I mean, we would always, you know, when we were fans of the Pacers back in the, you know, the J- Jamal Tinsley, uh, Stephen Jackson era, you know, we would always point out that these guys are 20, they're in their mid-20s, right. and we were in our mid-20s at the time and doing stupid things all the time. Sure. Like, and it just takes, you know, a couple uh, formative moments for people to especially young men of this age whose brains are literally still maturing mm-hmm. like they're not in their mature state yet um to come to realizations and be like wait i am doing the wrong thing like this is not what i should be doing and um so hopefully that's the case and it's a good wake-up call and he's moving in the right direction sure. for this keep our fingers so. crossed for it because he is an absolute delight oh, God, to watch so on the good. electric so I I want to see him for the next you know fifteen years. Sure, so. and 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 so. and what he means to that city is just amazing yeah. too, right? I mean, it's just you know I worry about, um, you know, I don't think that connection for him in that city is going anywhere. But if he really, um, you know, takes a, a negative path, that's really going to hurt that franchise and and ultimately that city. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, hoping all the good things. All right. Well, uh, let's leave it there. I guess we'll keep you updated as uh, the story moves forward. Joey is not here. Hopefully he's feeling better uh, by the time he's hearing this. So I'm going to step in and handle the stat of the week. This week, the number, this week is an actual statistic, and it's actually basketball related. And the number is 1,113, which is, as we record, the number of blocked shots that Miles Turner has recorded as a pacer. Whoa. And that brings him to number two. Holy. All time crap. as a pacer in blocks. Uh, he passed Rick Smits uh, during that Bulls game. That happened and, real uh, fast. Yep. He is now, uh, what is that? Jermaine O'Neal is number one with 1,245. So that's, what's that? 132. He needs. Probably won't get that this season, so we're looking at next year. But, but yeah, luckily, get that next he season. is under contract. He is under contract. That's right. He will pass that next season based on health. Knocking on wood. Well done. Uh, yeah, so it took... Uh, here's another wild stat. Uh, it took Rick Smith's 867 games to get his 1,111 blocks uh and it has taken miles turner 480 <laughs> <laughs> is also like Shut seven nine right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes all right uh we have not done it on google in a while so i figure we should do one uh colson what can we solve for you this week Are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Well, uh, there's I have questions all the time, and I usually uh, hold them. I write them down. I put them in my pocket, and I say, I'm going to wait until I talk to uh, my smartest friends. Um, this week, I've got... Uh, Got one stuck in my craw. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess, I guess it is, it's multiple the questions here. Um, what's a craw, and what's sure. stuck in it? Good place to start. Yeah. What is your sense of what the so? What's the meaning of this phrase? First, let's start there. Um, I always thought of it as something that was uh i was annoyed or pissed off because there was something bothering me yep i'm with you there yeah that's what it, harper that's your general mm-hmm. 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 Okay. lasting irritation 
perhaps yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I'm, I'm just particularly upset about the fact that this thing is stuck in my craw um but is is craw uh an eye a mouth a butthole like i don't know what my craw is i know about a craw dad craw or fish. Craw fish yeah which is a mini lobster basically Right. Okay. Is that what a crawdad is? A crawdad is. A crawdad and a crawfish the same thing? No. And a Google inside no, no. and on Google. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the crawdad is like the little bitty thing, and the crawfish is what you get. And they're like mini lobsters. So what's a crawdad? Crawdad is like a little. It's got like little pincers. It's like, it's just like what you catch in the crick. In the crick. Oh, okay. So a craw, I think you catch a crawfish is. So if you were to like order them, they're all little things with pincers. Yeah, but so you guys okay. didn't catch crawdads when you were kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah you yeah, catch yeah. them in the in the in the creek, you know, and you put them in you put them in a little aquarium, and they die a couple days later. No, we did not do that. Okay, I did that. I'm with you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The, but okay, and so a crawfish is just larger than that. Yeah, but I think it's. A, I, I would assume it's. Vet, I assume it's better? a different species. Okay. You know what they say about assuming, right? That's true. <laughs> okay. I, All right. Well, a craw. Let's I get think, back to a craw. Okay, Harper, you intonated earlier when we were discussing this that it's it's a mouth thing. Yeah, I thought cr- a craw was mouth. So my sort of intuition on this one is that, you know, if a human or perhaps an animal gets something stuck in their in their craw, and maybe, it's, maybe I just think that because it rhymes with jaw. Could be no more complex mm-hmm. than that, uh, but if you get stuck something stuck, job. you know, like a piece of food, it will decay and cause irritation potentially. It's yeah, yeah. Well, and there is a thing like birds have a crop, which is like the thing before the esophagus that like grinds up uh, seeds and stuff like that. So maybe you're conflating crop and jaw. I don't know. Well, if it was, but I, but I, side note, I agree with you. My initial thinking was that it was oral (laughs) in some way, shape, or form. I don't know why, but, but I I don't think of it as in the back of my throat because then I'd be choking, right? I think of it as like it's stuck in my tooth. Hmm. So you also had an oral connotation to this. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, it was an irritant. So, like, I thought, I guess I thought. Yeah, one of the holes. I, I figured it was either... I figured it was my teeth. Something's caught in my teeth, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so that makes sense. If something gets stuck in your craw, you get a toothache, it, it's a real pain in the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. DA, you know? So... It, all right, wait, where do we think this is coming from? Like, what time period... What region? This is an American thing. It seems like an American thing, but maybe I'm. Well, okay. So here's, I guess, I, if it's stuck in your craw, it's not just an irritant. It's 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 an irritant that is that is such a big deal that it's sort of outraging you, and you can't really focus on anything else, right? Um, I've got something stuck in my craw. I got to talk about it right now. Okay. Right. Sure. Yeah. So it's not like having, um you know, a popcorn seed in between your teeth. It's more dramatic than that. I don't I feel like if I have a popcorn thing stuck in my teeth, I got to deal with it right then. I can't just like, I'm, I'm, you know, mid conversation and just like <laughs> kind of finger in mouth. <laughs> trying to get it kind out, of noodling you know? it with your tongue. Like I'm or, not, I'm yeah. trying to be, uh, you know, tactful or couth in that situation. I'm, okay. So, it, but it, to me, it sounds like a uh, rural America type yeah, of saying. I could buy that. It definitely feels like animal husbandry thing. Like, I, I don't feel like this really mm. is a human thing. I feel like it's an animal thing. Like, you get an animal, it gets something stuck in their craw, it gets infected, and you got chopped head off. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, so that's I thought we had to rural. pull some teeth. We had to cut their head off. Um, would so are you talking about like you so you're thinking like it's uh for a cow a falconry <laughs> okay. falconry 
Uh, what about what about horse racing? Could be horse racing. Some... Hey, let's go horse yeah. racing. Let's go. Oh, okay. What, about, what, what if what if your craw is your toes or something? Like it's in your hoof, and then like that really bothers you. Stuck in your craw. Yeah, it's like a bunion or something. No, like if you get like a you know a nail or a, a piece of wood or something spiked up in your. Oh no no! I'm just saying like if you have a a thing on your foot, it's like annoying because you walk everywhere yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it hits you every time just like if you have a an annoyance in your mouth you have to eat so it's going to bother you every day so hmm. but I'm, I'm 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 with you jason i think this is a uh it's a rural america 1800s slang cross a slang term for for your mouth hole for your face hole and you and they call it, they've called it croft for other situations uh, in the past, and somehow this is what filtered down. All right, I'm with you. Uh, so I'm thinking, uh, mm. Georgia O'Keefe. <laughs> Georgia O'Keefe. You guys okay. love it when I guess that. All right, so according to the Southern Standard. Stuck in one's craw means annoyed by something unpleasant, but forced to accept. Uh, this saying comes from food, which is collected in a fowl's preliminary stomach called a craw. I always thought it was called a crop. The craw is the uh, crop, but, or preliminary okay. stomach of a fowl. Or it is pre-digested through the use of grit and stones swallowed before going on into the gizzard to finally dissolve into either usable form. Okay. So it's some, so you so you nailed that uh, the the crop, but but here's the thing: does is it the idea that it's something that you can't break down with your little stone stuff in the crop? Right. Well, so so it's hunters centuries ago noticed that some birds swallowed. And this is from um, whatever phrase origins or whatever. It's a stone that were too large mm-hmm. to pass through the craw and into the digestive tract. These stones, unlike the sand and pebbles needed by the birds to help grind the food, literally stuck in the craw. Oh, couldn't go down I farther. See. Right. Okay. And the oddity so became like... part of the language, and hunters used it figuratively. The earliest known citation is from old times, old times. in Tennessee, Tennessee, by Josephus Con Gilt, eighteen seventy-eight. Uh, I, mean, I think oh, we just I think we kind of nailed. We nailed the timeline mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And also, you guessed the bird crop. I. It's very literal, though. It's something it's a stone actually stuck in their craw mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. one of them old folk, right. folksyisms uh do you want to do another one since we just nailed that so quickly and that that went too uh, well yeah, we've got to come on let's challenge ourselves <laughs> we don't stop uh, until we embarrass ourselves that's right let's go i want one way it goes very poorly for us to finish um so since we're since we're doing uh oral fixation stuff uh how about baited breath mm. what do you got on baited breath in the context of like i'm waiting with baited breath correct anxious eagerly awaiting some future event right baited what is and baited is B A T E D. That's what uh, I would go context. with. That's what I would go with as well. But I like kind of stopped breath, like abate. To abate is to mm, interesting. I was thinking withdraw. more along the lines of um, literally like a baited hook, right? And so maybe you ca- maybe mm. you catch your breath, like as if someone had, you know. Um, caught it with bait okay. sort of a thing was my visualization of it that's but a very cool visualization yeah that might have solved I guess it i've never seen it written and i was just assumed it was okay i'm fairly sure it's b-a-i b-a-i-t-e-d yeah okay yeah which would be i like the idea of catching one's breath um with like it's catching right. a hook yeah so you because so you've bait a hook you bait a breath. Yeah, you bait a hook, and then when you get it's a nibble... It's along the same lines of, like... Yeah, I'm, like, holding my breath to... 
to hear this thing. Like I can't breathe until I hear this thing. Or the reverse, which is like I'm, you know, don't hold your breath. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen mm-hmm. soon, right? Well, I, I wonder if it is with fishing then, right? So like I'm I'm I, I'm trying to be quiet and not. Mm. I'm just because fishing is boring. Well, it's boring, but you also want to you want to. Uh, but then there's sudden moments of excitement. You want to hold your breath when the fish is nearby because you don't want to make any sudden movements, right? So it's a it's the breath you have when you have a baited hook. I don't know. All right, that's right. maybe I'll too literal. Can we think of another? Well, what you said is a bait. How else do you bait? Yeah, baited breath. Hmm. If it were, be, I don't even know if B A T E D is a word. Well, I don't know either, but I mean, there's no reason to. That's how I. That's how I. That's how you wrote it. You wrote it down B A T E D. I wrote it down B A I T E D is what I wrote it down. Okay, but it doesn't doesn't mean that that's correct. I didn't look it up. So, I mean that that would seem fairly straightforward. It's just the abatement of breath. Right. Right. And I think that's probably right. It probably is right. Do you so? Are there other uses of bait? B a i t e or b a i t? I need to go. To that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, not really, yeah. right? Like you bait a trap. That's like yeah, a, you just you know, right. literally instead of baiting bait a hook. Things, yeah. Right, let's go. Let's go fisherman. This is we haven't had a nautical term in a while, and uh, lots of things come from boats, right? Haven't we had many? Yeah, a lot of many, yeah, a, for sure. Many a phrase yeah, we have, sure, sure. Uh, cats of nine tails, and really important part of human history is uh, our, our relation to water. I like, I, I like the cut of your jib and whatnot. Uh, but if if we're going with uh, uh, to abate, right? What the root of that is? What probably Roman, <laughs> Latin, Latin, yeah, probably. And it probably means to stop. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So um, that's probably the right answer. It's probably just Latin for stopping your one breath. Of the, one of the Plinies? Yeah. Okay. I'll take Herman Melville. You take Pliny. <laughs> okay. Deal. <laughs> uh, so when I, st- when I type the word baited, because Google is listening to me, it autofills baited breath, spelled B-A-T-E-D. There you go. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Baited breath first appeared in Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice in 1685. Ah. We haven't had Shakespeare in a while. God, we, we, we suck on ourselves on that one. How do you not go with Shakespeare with a made up, with a made up word? Come on. Right. Come yeah. on. Undebeatables. Yeah, he had to shorten it so that he could keep his iambic. A hundred percent. Yep, yep. In great suspense. Uh, it's a shortened form of abated, meaning stopped or reduced. Yeah. All right, Shakespeare. Holding Let's their see. breath and excitement, short for abated. Yeah. Baited is not in common use anymore except in this phrase. Okay. That's fun. Is it interesting? Is, okay. is that is that like a lost positive or something? No. <laughs> well <laughs> you're right. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lost it's not even a contraction. Well, it's just like a Well it it it's because uh, uh, Jason said cooth earlier and I was like, Oh, mm. lost positives. Um when I typed in baited breath, the third option was baited or baited the way we had spelled it. So I don't feel so dumb. Yeah, yeah it's apparently a very common error. So Yeah. Okay. I mean, it makes sense since baited is, is, is not B-A-T-E-D. a word. It's not, it's not, it's a word. Not, not a word in any other context anymore. <laughs> well, that's fun to know, at least. So apparently it's rising again in... Uh... On this page, the grammarist has a you know a use one of those usage mm. charts over time, and so it it's nothing until the 1860s. It starts to go up, peaks in around 1900, falls back down, and now it's been coming back up since uh, the 2000s. Oh, interesting. In usage, yeah. You got uh, real nervous about Y2K. 
uh, never look back. <laughs> Sitting around with Peter. Although I do, I, I'm now when I <laughs> say that phrase or hear that phrase, I'm just gonna see the guy with his little fishing pole over on his boat over a fish, waiting with bated breath. Mm. I like the wrong answer more than I like the right one sometimes. <laughs> it's often the case with life. Uh, synonyms: agog, mm-hmm. eager, yeah, sure, excited, enthusiastic, flabbergasted, mm. open mouth, and thunderstruck. Really? What? Those are synonyms? According to your grammarist, taken aback. With- Put in that uh, as well, but I but I but I I think of it as 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 the opposite. Thunderstruck does seem like more shocked than, and also agog. I think and right. well, mouth. and flabbergasted, right? Like I mean, I, I I instead I think of like I'm in I'm waiting anxiously in anticipation. I'm not I've not had the uh, flabbergasted and agog are the response to those things. I feel like this is the pre thunderstruck or whatever pregog i'm wet <laughs> <laughs> yes uh. <laughs> oh wow that was a good one they got me right in the right in the right crawl <laughs> all right well that was pretty good Good, a two for one, two for one, listeners. Uh, all right, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, until we see you next week, uh, we want to thank you for listening. And uh, you can find us here. You can you can tweet in your undegoogables if you have them to at undebeatables on Twitter. Uh, you can send us a message on facebookcom slash undebeatables. You could email us if you're into that kind of thing. Shout out at theundebeatables.com. Uh, or if you want to remain completely anonymous, you can go to theundebeatables.com and we have a contact form there. And you can say, do not share my name. And we won't. And while you're on that website, there's a little link called store. And you can go over there and you can find yourself a small Undebeatables t-shirt. Just for you. It's got your name on it. It's waiting for you. Just go. Buy it. Do it. Buy it. Now. You, Buy it. you know Go. a small person in your life. Just do it. <laughs> For the architect, Dottie Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sick Leonard. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Good work. Solid. Are you going to work uh, David Benner into your outro? <sighs> That's a lot. It's going to get pretty long. If we just keep mentioning everybody that leaves or dies. Well, I mean, but he was like, so like, so God forbid, but Mark Boyle is going to make the. Oh, yeah, the, for sure. The outro. Right, 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 right. Okay. When he retires and then lives on for another 30 years and, you know, whatever. Right. Okay. Oh, you exactly. think Mark Boyle's going to retire? <laughs> you know what? It was so fun listening Pry to that today. mic from he... his cold, dead hand, son. <laughs> I, I, you know, I I wonder if at some point because he's he's uh, you know very thoughtful man. He you know he he's I wonder if he once he starts seeing he's you know he doesn't have his fastball anymore, he might feel like he needs to retire. But man, he is still so good. He's just as good as he ever was. So um, I hope he does this for you know. Yeah, until until we have to pry the mic from his golden hands, but uh, but yeah, he'll make it. I but I don't know anybody else really that would make that list. I mean, can you think? Of- well, I mean, that's why I bring up Benner because he was with the organization for like thirty years or something. Yeah, right? and, but- and and basically he started in like ninety three or four when I started watching the Pacers. So, I mean, he's not really a guy that we know. So. Well, I mean, I did used to read his his indie star was the PR guy. and he was the PR yeah. guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, anyway. I don't know. Maybe uh, Liver Eaton Johnson when he retires, he'll make the list. But but not Larry Bird. Uh, I mean, whatever. What did he do? He doesn't know how basketball <laughs> <is>. <laughs> <laughs> works. 
<laughs> That's correct. How is how are tapeworms and the Eiffel Tower alike? I don't know. They're both yeah. parasites. Ah, good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. All right. When I when I watch the last of this later, I'm sure I'll get some some good jokes. Yeah, exactly. We just need more puns. Yeah, more puns. <laughs> I uh I don't know why I thought the uh the mermaid in, in math class with the algebra was so funny. I thought it was Yeah, really it was good. a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, that one went way over my head. <laughs> <laughs> 